welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. continuing our series here by design and uh, for those of you that weren't here last week just letting you know we're only in week two of the series and uh, this is a series that jumped off the page to me when I started reading the Bible through I was going to read it cover to cover in 90 days and I did it um, some people said last week I didn't say that I finished I did do it and uh, when I got into Genesis started reading this just jumped off the page there are certain things that uh, I feel that we are made in God's image and there are things that are in us by design that uh, we just naturally want to do, we should do, and it's part of who we are and who we're created to be. And um, last week, we gave you a Lego. Uh, We gave you one little Lego brick, and uh, we gave you that to tell you and to remind you that you are a builder, that God has called you to be a builder. He put within us that desire to build, and we actually looked in Genesis chapter 1. We looked at four words, fruitful, increase, fill, and subdue, and that we're supposed to build. We're supposed to go out and make a difference, and there's just something within us that says, I was made to be a builder. So hopefully you have your Lego and uh, I, several times I took my Lego out of my pocket. I, I had it with me in my pocket the whole week. And people were like, <laughs> kind of a, a youthful feeling there, Pastor Rob, one Lego. I'm like, no, no, I'm a builder. I'm called to be a builder. I want to make a difference. So wherever your Lego is, I hope it's helping you and reminding you that you are called to be a builder. And you'll be happiest when you're building the way God has called you to build. Now today we're also going to give you uh, an object lesson to take with you uh, to remind you that you are called to beautify the world around you. So I thought, what could I do to help you to understand that you are called to beautify? So I wanted to give everyone a packet of uh, flower seeds, all right? So you have seeds to do some flowers, but we are not going to pass these out during service, all right? The Legos were too much of a distraction, and this baby is like a little maraca. Listen, you know what I'm saying? You're not going to get that in your hands till later. All right, so the ushers will have those on the way out, and uh, you will have this. Just to remind you that you are are supposed to beautify this world. God uh, put Adam and Eve in a garden, and he gave them a job to do. We're going to look at that, and this will help you to remember, beautify the world that you're in. And uh, this does not substitute as a Mother's Day gift, just to let you know. You're not off the hook. Somebody's like, give me five of those. No, no, no. All right, take care of your mom. And uh, if you do plant these and you do... uh, uh, actually have them grow and you, you want to send a picture to us, do that through Instagram, Twitter, whatever. I'd love to see what God does. Maybe you'll give it away. Just follow the prompt of whatever the Holy Spirit says to do with those seeds. And remember, you are made to beautify. You're made to build and you're made to beautify. You're supposed to make this world a better place, more beautiful. God loves beauty. When we look in Genesis chapter 2 in verse uh, 15, It says, the Lord God took man and put him in the garden of Eden. Again, that's why we got the seeds. To work it 
and to take care of it. God's telling us, I put you there to work it and to take care of it. I want you to do work. I want you to be involved in the process. And I want you to take care of it. And the word with uh, taking care of it, it really means to make it great. I want you to go dress it. I want you to beautify it. I want you to make this world great. And I believe that God made an absolutely beautiful world. How many would agree with me? God has made an absolutely beautiful world for us to live in. All right, even if you don't agree with me, uh, Coldplay agrees. We live in a beautiful world. That's all I got. I can't do Chris Martin. How many know? And anybody that, all right, yeah, I guess to see my mom going, what did he just do? Who's Chris Martin? All right, anyway. It's a beautiful world. It's a beautiful world. And no less than 12 times God says in creation, he creates something. He says, it's good. It's good. It's good. It's beautiful. And the word that he says for good actually means pleasant, beautiful, working the way it's supposed to. And God's like, I'm making this world. It's beautiful. It's good. It's pleasant. It's working the way that I want it to. And it's a beautiful thing. And I believe that God loves beauty. And we're, we're drawn to beauty because we're made in his image. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 3.11 that God has made everything beautiful in its time. We serve a God that's beautiful. We serve a God that loves beauty. And when we see the beauty in this world, we, it just takes our breath away. And it, and it just says to us, there must be an artist. There has to be an artist. Somebody must have made this. There must have been an original artist. And I want to tell you there is. The original artist is God. We believe he created this. He was artist, creator, ruler. And he made this world a complete and total work of art. He made it B-A-E-utiful. I can do Jim Carrey. All right, I promise that is it. That's, I won't do any more impersonation. That's it. All right, all right. For a moment there, I thought I spelled the word wrong. All right, anyways. But the, the world, the Bible says, was created dark and void, and God brings light to it. He brings color to it. And I think about this, just the fact that we have color should tell us there's an artist involved, because this could have been just black and white, but God puts color in there and says, I've created this beautiful, beautiful world for you to live in. And in Genesis chapter 2, God allows man to imitate him. He says, by design, I put it within you that you want to make things beautiful. There's something within you that you want to make this world beautiful. You want to participate in the art. You want to participate in the beauty. And I believe this. Um, I love what uh, Andy Crouch says in the book Culture Making. He says this. He said, God actually makes room for man to create. He could have done it all by himself, but he let mankind in on the work and in on the art. And I believe that. God put us in the garden. He says, go ahead, now I, I want you to be in this with me. We're going to do this together, and you have an opportunity to make this world even more beautiful, to work in it, and just continue to build on what I've started. And I realize this, that when you read the book of Genesis, you'll see that God allowed Adam to name the, the, the animals. I mean, if you've ever had a family pet, and you allow your children to name the pet, how many know you may have a crazy name? All right? I can remember we got our boys, uh, those Siamese fighting fish. I don't know why. We thought it was a low-maintenance pet, you know. And we bought it. We said, you get to name your pet. And I cannot remember what Connor named his pet, but I do remember what Logan named his. We said, what do you want to name your fish? And he goes, Zutter. And I was like, what's a Zutter? He's like, I don't know, but I like it. And so we had Zutter the fish. 
And I could just imagine God saying, you know, Adam, I want you in on this. I want you in on this process. I, I, I could name the animals, but I want you in, involved in this. You get a chance to be a part of this with me. And I could just in my imagination picture God bringing the animals by like, here you go. And Adam's like, camel. God's like, okay, good call. You know, brings on another one, platypus. That's exactly what I was thinking. Well done, Adam, you know. And then he's like, brings another one, aardvark. He's like, hmm, okay. Have you considered Zutter? I mean, you know, I don't know. Like, it's just, I, just, I just have this imagination that, and God's like a, a loving Heavenly Father just letting Adam be a part of this process. And God is giving Adam work and meaning. And I want to tell you this, our, our work brings us meaning. Our meaning has work in it, and there's nothing wrong with work. Work is a beautiful thing, and God wants us to be in, 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 involved in this whole process of making this world a beautiful, uh, beautiful place, being involved in this entire process. Now, the Bible tells us that man sinned. Man sinned and brought ugly into the world. And I'll tell you this, the Bible says that sin may be pleasurable for a season, but it always ends in death. It always ends in ugly. It may look good now, but it always ends in ugly. And when sin entered the world, um, ugly entered. And part of our job now is to bring beauty. Part of our, our mandate, part of who we are, part of being made in the image of God is we, we see ugly and we want to fix it. We see ugly and we want to change it. And as followers of Jesus Christ, I believe we should be saying, where is there ugly and how can we bring beauty to this situation? Where is the ugly and how can we bring beauty to this? And I believe in a way we're part gardener, we're part artist, we're part caretaker, we're part explorer, we're part park ranger, we're part social worker, we're part pastor, we're part architect. And there's something within us that says, I want to make ugly things beautiful. And I believe there's four things that I want to point out to you that we can make beautiful. Four things that we can do as followers of Jesus Christ, as participants in this, this project and participants in what God's doing on this earth right now to say, God, we want to help make this world beautiful. What can we beautify? How can we bring beauty to it? And I believe, first of all, we can bring beauty to this earth. We can bring beauty to this earth. There's nothing wrong with that. And there's something about bringing beauty to what we see all around us. There's something within us that wants to make this earth beautiful. That says, I want to make it really nice. I want to make it as, as good as possible. And I want to read this. When sin entered the earth in Genesis chapter 3, this is what happened to the earth. It says in Genesis 3, 17, God told the man, because you listened to your wife and you ate from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from, do not eat from this tree, the very ground is cursed because of you. Now, I want to stop for just a moment there. When I read this and was studying and praying over this, I realized this, the ground was cursed when man fell. The ground was cursed. I mean, when I read that, I was kind of like, man was cursed. No, the ground was cursed. God's like, now I've cursed the earth because of this sin that is here. And the, and the effect of this is, he says, getting food from the ground will be as painful as having babies is for your wife. And no mother said amen to that. I know that. All right. But he says, you'll be working in pain all your life long. The ground will sprout thorns and weeds. You'll get your food the hard way, planting and tilling and harvesting, sweating in the fields from dawn to dusk until you return to the ground yourself, dead and buried. You started out as dirt, you'll end up as dirt. And wherever we see weeds, wherever we see thorns and thistles, wherever we see this, God's saying it's part of the curse on the ground. 
And you're going to have to work against that curse. And I want you to beautify it. And I want to tell you this. Anytime we pull weeds, we're beautifying. Anytime we, we help make this world with anything that's out of order, out of whack, it, we're, we're beautifying it. We're fighting against the curse. And I'm telling you this, that even our, our church, we go out and we do things. We help beautify this earth. I love it that there are certain highways and freeways that say this stretch of freeway or highway is cleaned by River Valley Church. Every time I see that, I, I have a good feeling inside. I'm like, great, we're helping to make it beautiful. And by the way, I drive down those roads and I spot check our church. Let's pick it up a little. Some of those stretches are a little dirty, all right? But I love that. But we're making this world beautiful. I love that some of our campuses, matter of fact, all of our campuses do serve days. And we go out, we say, we want to fix this world. We want to make it beautiful. And we go to our, our mayor in the community, wherever our campuses are. You may not realize this. You want to pay attention and be a part of this involved at your campus. But wherever your campus is, we've gone to the mayor and said, how can we help beautify the city we live in? What can we do? Do you need us to paint over some graffiti? Because how many know graffiti is chaos and it's not beautiful. And there's something within us that says, no, it shouldn't look like that. We say, do you want us to go into a park and beautify the park? Do you want us to pick up trash? Do you want us to do, you know, and we go to them. We say, how do you want us to help you? We are, it's in us to want to beautify the place we live in. It's just, we're created in God's image and we want to bring beauty to things that are ugly. Matter of fact, our Edina area campus went in and they went to the mayor and they said, what can we do? What can we do to make the city beautiful? We want to make it beautiful. What can we do? And literally the mayor and the, the person in charge said, we need you to get rid of the thorns and thistle. Like literally they said that, almost like they were reading the Bible. We want you to go cut buckthorn out of the park. And they're like, okay, we'll do it. All right. And so they're literally going and clearing it out and making it. And uh, they did such a good job last year. They went into the mayor this year and said, here we are to do it. What do you want us to do? And they said, more buckthorn. <laughs> and so United Area has the gift of thorns and thistles. All right. But each of our campuses is doing something and saying, we want to beautify this earth that we live in. And it's a beautiful thing that we can do that. I tell you what, when the water's polluted, that's not a beautiful thing. There's something that should rile up within you when the water in Flint, Michigan is, is undrinkable. You say, no, 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 we need to beautify that. Somebody's got to fix that. That's ugly. We've got to bring beauty to this. When somebody defaces a, a beautiful park or something, no, 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 we want to bring beauty to this place. No trash down. We want to bring beauty, but it's something we can do. In the book, The Infinite Artist, Frederick Shannon says this, and I love this quote. You've got to pay attention to this, though. It says, matter mysterious and awe-inspiring as it is, is just the scaffolding that God uses as he toils upon the spiritual temple of humanity. Did you catch that? I, I want to summarize it. He's saying, matter, it's beautiful. The, this world is great, and we should bring beauty to it, and we should make sure that it's as good as it can be. But he said, it's just the scaffolding. It's really not what God's all about. God's all about people. He's all about the temple. He's all about a person. And he says, let's make sure that the scaffolding is good and do what we can and let's get rid of buckthorn and let's take care of these things and fight against thorns and thistles and do this and the weeds and all that. But he said, let's move on from the scaffolding to what really matters. Let's work on people. So he says, let's go for that. So I would tell you the second thing we should beautify is mankind. There's something within us that says, I, I can beautify this earth, but I want to beautify mankind. And anytime we see people living in ugly we, don't, we should want to lift them out of ugly. 
It's way more important than the earth. And, and I'm not opposed to cleaning the earth, but I'm just telling you, it's just a scaffolding to where we really want to get to, which is beautifying people. I'll never forget this. When, when Connor was young, he uh, came in the house and he said, hey, Dad, he said, what's more important, grass or kids? I said, well, kids are way more important. He said, that's what I thought. He goes, our neighbor was yelling at me for running on his grass. And he goes, we need to teach him that kids are way more important than grass. He goes, grass can't hug you. Grass can't tell you that it loves you. He goes, why does that guy love his grass so much? And I'm like, you are a prophet. I mean, how do you know? The kid had gift and insight right then. I did not tell our neighbor, you know, to love kids more than grass. But I loved our kids more than grass. God's saying, you know what? That's all scaffolding. Make it beautiful. But get about what I'm about. And I'm about mankind. I'm about people not living in the ugly of sin. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. The word there, we are God's workmanship, maybe your Bible says. We're his masterpiece. It's like, it's where we get the word poem, but it doesn't mean we're his poem. But it's saying it's like a created, beautiful thing. And he's saying that's who you are. And he wants us to look around. And when we see ugly in people's lives, to be compelled, you know that, that feeling of compassion you get when somebody's living in ugly and all of a sudden you feel like, I want to change this. I want to do something about this. When you see someone addicted to drugs and alcohol and how many know their body starts to deteriorate and it, it, it wastes away and there's something within you that says, I want to help you get off those drugs, get off that and, and not waste your life like that. You see someone ravaged with a sexually transmitted disease. You say, I want to help you get out of that pain and out of that ugly that is there. There's something within us that just is drawn there. You see a emaciated child and you see the, the commercial and you see this child, skin and bones. And there's something within you that says, that's not beautiful. That's not the way you were meant to be. And there's something within you that you just want to give to the cause and you want to help. And that's why so many of you are wonderful kingdom builders and you give to Swaziland and Compassion Cup and the other orphanages we do. There's just something within you. You say, I know beauty and that's not beautiful. It's not beautiful to see a, an orphan like that. We want to see them full and we've seen the before and after pictures and it's, it's part of who we are. It's who we are. We want to make things beautiful. We want to make people beautiful. You see a woman come in beaten and you see her come into the battered women's shelter where you may volunteer and you say, I want to make you beautiful. Those bruises were never meant to be on your face. And there's something within me that says, I've got to help you get beautiful again. You see maybe a, a, a young girl with an eating disorder and you say, I want to help you. I want to help you be beautiful. We see people addicted to drugs and alcohol. We say, teen challenge, you are a beautiful ministry. And there's something within us that we want to go and help them because we're made in God's image. And there's something within us that says, I want to make it beautiful. Many of you that work with Loaves and Fishes and Ronald McDonald House and ICCM Life Center in the inner city, you're there and you're saying, I want to make this world beautiful. I want to make you beautiful. You were made for more than the ugly that has found you. Beauty wants to find you. Beauty wants to find you. I love what Isaiah chapter 61 verses 1 through 3, and I read this in mind of and in light of seeing God as bringing beauty. And it just jumped out to me that actually the word beauty in there, a crown of beauty, and I'll read it to you. 
Isaiah 61. It says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. I see that and I say, God's saying, I'm bringing beauty. There's a day that I'm bringing beauty to your soul, to the inside of you. I'm bringing beauty. And we see in Luke chapter 4, Jesus reads that passage. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus is in a place of worship and he reads Isaiah 61 and then he says, today, this is fulfilled in your midst. Like, and if you could go with me in this artist's thought, it's as if he's saying, the artist has returned. I created it beautiful and sin has entered this world and now I'm here to fix it. The artist has returned and I want to paint your life beautiful. I want to set you free and there's something within my people that is going to want to help set you free. And even if the things that you're in don't physically on the outside make you ugly, I'm telling you one in the inside, your spirit may be so ugly and Jesus says, I want to beautify you. I want to beautify you. I want to give you grace and beautify you. And I would say this, some of us feel like trash in this world. We feel unwanted, neglected, left out. And God says, you know what? I love to make trash art. I love to make trash art. I don't know if you know that, but kids are starting to make trash art. They go in the garbage and they dig it out and they make something beautiful out of things that other people threw away. And if you feel like your life is a throwaway, Jesus says, I want to make beautiful trash art out of you and make something beautiful out of you. The artist Gunger says this about God. He says, you make beautiful things out of dust. You make beautiful things out of us. I love that. God wants us to beautify this world. He wants us to beautify mankind. And he wants us to beautify our culture. We are to beautify culture. We like beautiful things. And there's something within us when we see culture that is ugly. And I'm telling you what, there's a lot of ugly in our culture right now. And instead of pulling away from it and disengaging in it, we shouldn't participate in, in the wrong of it, but we should participate and bring good to culture. Christians all throughout history have brought good into culture. In India, they had the, um, the, the thing that they did, the ceremony, the Saudi is what it was. They would actually take the widow, and if the husband died, they would burn the widow with the husband, even though she was living there. Like, well, you got to die if he's dead. And, and missionaries said, no, 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 we're going to bring beauty to culture. That's not the way we need to do it. No, no. And even today in our own culture, we're saying to the entertainment and the music and the media and the politics, no, 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 that's not the way it's supposed to be. There's supposed to be some beauty. I would love some beauty in politics right now. I would settle for sanity. But instead of getting all angry and boycotting culture, we need to get in there with it and change culture. Matthew 5 talks about us being salt and light and the salt of the earth and being involved and engaged in helping to change culture. And again, I love what Andy Crouch says in his book, Culture Making. He says, we should be involved. If we don't like what culture is doing, we ought to make something better. And he gives this illustration. He said, in our household, Tuesday night is chili night. He said, my kids are not that excited about chili. 
They have very few options. They can complain about chili. That doesn't do a lot of good. He says they can boycott the chili, and they'll go to bed hungry. He said they can shout even louder and make better arguments against the chili, and it still won't change me. He says, but hopefully someday if they don't like chili, on Tuesday night I'll come home from work, and they will be making something better than chili. And he said, and I will gladly embrace whatever they're cooking, especially if it's better than chili. And I think that's how we should be with culture. Let's make something better. Let's make better music, better art, better entertainment. Let's go into culture and say, hey, here's what the church is cooking. Hungry? Because we have good ingredients and our culture is better. I mean, let's go out there and change culture by making it better and beautifying it and bringing something better to the table. That's what we're called to do. So we can beautify this world, this actual physical world. We can beautify, beautify mankind. We can beautify culture and just say, we are going to do something better. Here's what we're cooking. And the last thing is we can bring beauty to ourselves. We can bring beauty to ourselves. I believe this, holiness is beautiful. I used to think holiness was a burden. Love salvation, again, much younger. I used to think salvation is awesome. I get saved out of the mess, and then God wants to get the mess out of me, and that's, he wants me to pursue holiness. And I used to think, I gotta give up these things, and I used to think it was a burden. It was kind of a buzzkill. Now I realize pursuing holiness is actually pursuing beauty. God says, I want you to be beautiful. I want you to be my bride. I want you to pursue beauty with me. We're going to be together forever in eternity, and I want you to get ready for that day, and that's called holiness. I want you to pursue who I am and get yourself, get rid of the ugly in your life and look more like me. And you think there's not a bride or a groom on this planet that's like, well, I'm getting married in a couple months past the cheeseburger. You know, I'm getting married in a couple months. I don't care about my hair, my look, my teeth, my this. How many know they're out there tanning hair, this? You know, you're like eating celery. You know, they're like, they're getting ready for the day, right? Okay? God's like, you're getting ready for the day. Bring on holiness. Beautify yourself. 2 Corinthians 7, 1 says, Therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates the body and spirit, the ugly. Let's perfect holiness out of reverence for God, out of love for God. And let's go and say, God, I want to be more beautiful. I want to pursue holiness because it's, it's actually making my life more beautiful. And here's the thing. When you beautify your life, you paint a better picture of who God is for this world to see. When you paint, you may be saved already. You're already going to heaven. And when God says, when you, when you perfect holiness, when you become more like me, when you get rid of the ugly, you're painting a more beautiful picture for the world to see how good I am. And he's saying, go for it. Go for it. Feel just as excited about anything else you would beautify and beautify your life. Because when we beautify, if we created the best art on the planet, how many know the best art will fade over time? It will rust. It will be destroyed. But he says, you know what? If you work on yourself and you make yourself beautiful, that's never going away. That's never, it's going to shine brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. So I would pray that we'd say, God, beautify me. Beautify me. Help me to be more like you. I want to be, I want to pursue holiness. You can beautify me and change me into your image.
And when you do that, you say, God, I want to be, I want to be like you and I want you to change me into your image. How many know that the infinite artist, uh, he paints with different things than we would think of. He paints with joy and sorrow, hope and despair, health and sickness, good times and bad times. And he says, I want to I paint in you and I want to perfect you into my image. I want to make you beautiful. But we need to say, God, if there's ugly, get rid of it. I want to work with you and make this life beautiful. And if we'll go after holiness and not see it as a burden, but say, God, I want to get rid of that. You know what I believe he does? I believe he will put inner strokes of loveliness on our life. And when we go out into this world, we'll shine brighter. We'll show how beautiful God is. So there it is. There's four things for us to beautify. Let's beautify this world. Let's take care of it. Clean those parks. Get rid of the thorns and thistles. Clean the highways. Take care of it. Let's fight against pollution. Let's do all we can to beautify this earth. Let's cover graffiti and bring order to the chaos places. Let's clean up our neighborhoods. Let's bring that order. Let's go out and beautify people. Thank you for every person that says local projects. I'm part of this. I'm going to Ronald McDonald House or this place or that place. I'm going I'm to work with people and I want to beautify people. I want to help those that are down and out with Teen Challenge and different ministries. I'm there. I thank God for that. I thank God for those that say, I'm going after culture. I'm going after it. I'm going to run for office. Thank God for people that say, I'm involved in this. I'm going to be involved. Thank God for people that say, I'm going to create great songs and, and great movies, and I'm going to do that. I thank God for those, and, and we should support those people that are out there doing that and saying, we want to cook something better for the world. And I think each one of us should say right now, God, help me. Help me to pursue holiness. Help me to get rid of the ugly. If that's part of who I am and how I was made in your image, I want to get rid of the ugly in Jesus' name so I can paint a better picture for you around this world. So Lord, I just pray right now for our church. I pray that we'd get rid of the ugly. We just live our life saying, God, we're created in your image. And when we're drawn to that, we want to get rid of ugly in this world. We say, that's not beautiful. That's ugly. We want to fix it. Help us to get involved and fix things in this world, things in people's lives. I pray that we'd look at culture and instead of just saying, that's just the way it is, we'd say, we want to get involved in it and make it beautiful. We want to change it. We want to work on it, Lord. And we want to be the ones cooking the best things for culture. And lastly, I pray, Lord, that you would help us in our own life to pursue holiness, pursue holiness, and help the world to have a better picture of a beautiful, beautiful God, a God who loves beautiful and says, I want to get rid of the ugly in your life and change you into my image. Thank you, Lord. We are called to beautify. Help us to do it well. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen.